This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. Welcome to the show. That's Trav. I'm Drew. And I'm Trav. This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. And as always, we are here to give you our opinions on 80s and 90s media. Uh, you can contact us at overduehomeworkpodcast at gmail.com. Trav, how are you doing? Pretty good, Drew. Pretty tired. I've just had three days off of work and nice. I spent it doing a three-day board game tournament. Okay, me. okay. So, pretty exhausting. I took second. Nice. It was for money because we have a savage friend who organized the whole thing and said, let's do it for money even though we're all best friends. So, it got a little <laughs> testy uh, a couple I times. I bet. And of course, he's the bastard who won of course. the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, I took third, or I mean second, which was 150 so I took a $50 hit, no, a $100 hit, and I just gave third and fourth $50 back, so we all lost 100 instead of all three of us losing 150 There you go. But the guy in first was the one who wanted the money, and I thought maybe he'd follow the lead and give everyone 50 back or nope. something. Nope. Nope. <laughs> So, yeah, that that was kind of brutal. That kind of put a little damper on it. But. Second place should at least win your entry fee back. Right. Well, that is what it is. Oh, okay. But okay. I was just trying to be nice because everyone, like, kind of was pissed about the <laughs> money situation. So I just said, let's all just take a hit. We'll pay the savage guy who needs his money, and we're not doing it for money next year. I was going to say, <laughs> no money next year? I mean, it's like, isn't it enough that we just all chip in for the food and i bought a trophy and all that but you know he needed he needed the money uh, it seemed like that should not for money next year it seems like a good plan what were some of the games that you guys played so one of the best ones we played is foundations of rome all right so it's like a game you can't even get at stores and it was a kickstarter thing he gets a lot of these kickstarter things from a uh, some website or whatever and it's a $350 game Yikes. to like 400 depending how crazy of a set you get. And then, you know, we did like Ticket to Ride Europe and Fun. we did Flamecraft and Wingspan and a bunch of other ones we play, but then some new ones we've never done like Distilled and uh, Suburbia. Cool. Lots of fun games. Yeah, fun. I'm kind of out of the loop on those new games. I haven't played a lot of board games in the past 10 years-ish, but, you know, I played some. I know Ticket to Ride. I love me some Ticket to oh, Ride, yeah. that's for sure. Definitely. That is faux shout. Took the big old fourth place in that one, though. Oh, that one, that game, is, especially Europe, Europe is difficult. It's difficult, especially in the beginning, because you figure out where your two dang cities are, yep. and by the time you look at your fourth card, you're like, where the hell were those cities again? <laughs> right. Um, a friend of mine who was introduced that game to me, and when we started playing it, he's like, he did all the rules and all the stuff, and I just we played the way he played, and he played it so you couldn't lay for your destinations until you had enough cards to completely complete the route. So the board would just be like blank for like oh an hour, and everybody's just drawing cards, oh and then it God. would be over in 30 seconds right like bam 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 everything's filled up yeah it was i was like this game's not that fun like there's very little strategy to it it's just who gets the cards first (laughs) exactly and then i just like grabbed the box and like started reading the rules i'm like we've been playing it wrong (laughs) that would be weird to play it like that yeah i played i bet you i played over a dozen games 
that way. Oh my gosh. Oh, like easily. And then after that, uh, we played it the right way and it was more fun. And I love Ticket to Ride. Definitely. Ticket to Ride is great. There's all types of expansions for it. And there's even new ways to play it beyond anything that I have any idea for. So yeah. shout out to Ticket to Ride. I know you're a listener. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, how are you doing, Drew? Uh, I'm doing good. A little bit of time off from work, which has been great. And uh, especially great is the fact that we got a new PC for our podcast. Boom. I'm really excited about it. Hopefully, it's going to make things a lot easier for us. And hopefully, it's going to take our podcast into the next the next iteration of what we want to do with Agreed. our show. Um, I think it can. I think it's super capable. When I was building it with Rob, which who you know, uh, he uh, was like, "You're going to be able to do whatever you want with this computer." <laughs> I'm like, "Great! I can't. I'm, I'm really happy Perfect. about that. That's what I was going for." Certainly so. don't want to hear him like. <sighs> you should have spent some more money on this, Drew. It was really an interesting experience to build the computer, too, because the last time I built a computer was maybe in, like, 2008. Sure. So it's been a long time, and everything's very, very different now, and solid-state drives that M.2, this, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, and... Um, I'm really glad, like I said, that Rob was there because we basically just followed the manual that came with the motherboard. Yeah. But uh, without him there, I would have been doing a lot of Googling trying right, to figure right. out what this stuff actually means and how to actually put it together. But it's cool that he didn't build it for you. So now no. you have the grasp on how to do it. And like, I literally said when I was done, when we were done doing like, I feel like I could maybe do this again on my own. Like right, now right. I have a basic understanding of what the manual's trying to tell you at least. Right. A lot of the stuff is just pu- plug and play. Like yep. the cords and everything are completely labeled for where they need to go. You just got to find the right one on the motherboard, the right slot on the motherboard. So yeah, uh, and I wouldn't say it was easy, but it wasn't yeah. as yeah. Uh, difficult and daunting as I made it out to be in my mind. So. Right. And it's been a long time coming. You've been showing me you've been saving for a long time. <laughs> long time. A long time. But hey, <laughs> finally made it. Now all my fun money savings are out the window. But that's okay. That's okay. Uh, my wife, we kind of both do the same thing where we each get a portion of our check to save from every pay period just for our own fun money. Sure. And, uh, she tends to kind of spend it as it comes in. And then yeah. when I told her I was going to buy all this computer stuff, she knew it was coming. And then I showed her the price of it. She's like, you've been saving forever. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's been forever. It's been forever. That's some willpower. Yeah. It, it, uh, took a couple of stumbles a few times, <laughs> sure. you know, and maybe I should have had this PC maybe a month or two ago, but you know, yeah, that's the way goes you got to take the good with the bad yep. the good with the bad so uh trav do you want to get on to our homework review let's do it all right well this is obviously and of course our uh hot one uh, part two of our halloween suite this part year two. part two of our Halloween suite this year. <laughs> and uh, we're doing three different episodes. We're just doing half of a Rugrats episode because the second half of that one was kind of uh, not as Halloween-ish. Right. It was like a scary story kind of, but I wanted to go stick with as much Halloween action as we possibly could. Definitely. Uh, so, yep, we're doing uh, Rugrats, Hey Arnold, and Salute Your Shorts. Salute Your Shorts. Uh, so we'll start off with the Rugrats. And, of course, that episode was entitled or is entitled Candy Bar Creep Show. Uh, personally, I have a lot of great nostalgia for the Rugrats theme. Oh, 100%. I was thinking the same thing. Whenever that dun 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 just whenever that comes on, it's like you know what you're in for. There's no denying what it is. No one, nothing at all. It definitely hits different out of all the Nicktoons we've done so far. It's like, oh man, I miss these intros. But when that one hits, it's like. 
feel like I probably watched more Rugrats than anything else. I'm assuming it was one of the most played shows yeah, for reruns. Yeah, it definitely and stuff. was. Because I would even I would consider myself to have been a little bit too old for it when it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still watched it because it yeah. was on a lot, and I still liked it. I right. remember thinking, eh, "I'm too old for this show," but I still liked it. Yeah. Um, that theme, though, man. Every time, like you said, it just really puts you in that place for sure. Um, same thing with the animation style. Um, I got a real soft spot for the way it looks too. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of anime or not anime animation uh, at that time that was in that style. Yeah. Uh, like Duckman. Yeah, uh, the Simpsons to an extent. It didn't have that wiggle version, wiggle vision type of thing. Right. Um, a little bit later, Doctor Katz was in a similar type of style. That was true squiggle vision. Uh, but uh, that's just a uh, reminiscent of the animation of my youth. And even though it looks, it looks rough at times. Yeah. I still think it's very serviceable in its style. Definitely. It definitely is very serviceable. Um, and then we're just gonna keep on telling you how great Rugrats is because. Uh, <laughs> The title cards, even when that papa, oh yeah, just you know, and it's just uh, it really hits those right notes. It just makes me feel like I'm back sitting on the floor watching uh, Nicktoons on a sunny Saturday afternoon. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Absolutely love all that stuff. Um, the opening of this uh, episode has that shot from the inside of the pumpkin. I think it's a really cool to- way to open up that show. It's a really creative way yeah. to open up the episode. Uh, it's a jack-o'-lantern, Tommy. It's got a face just like yours, and she just puts that flaming pumpkin directly in that child's face, right? Just directly <laughs> yeah. in his face. <laughs> Uh, we move over to the babies, and they decide that something is going on. So automatically, it's their mission to find out exactly what is going on. Obviously, uh, Tommy says the grown-ups are acting pretty weird, and they don't know what's happening. And uh, enter Angelica, the amazing Angelica, the character you just love to hate, but yeah. hate to love, love yeah. to hate, whatever you want to say. Uh, she's always a very pivotal character in every episode. She just really acts as that catalyst to what's going to happen. It seems like besides Tommy, she, and she really gives you that, uh, antagonist angle in the episode where Tommy is trying to just get everybody to do something and you get what their mission is and what the episode's going to be about. Right. right. He doesn't have bad intentions. No. Angelica does. Angelica does. Is she... <laughs> His cousin? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because it's uh, Drew's daughter. So, yes. Right. It's, it's Drew and Stu. Are, Drew and uh, Stu. Drew and Stu are uh, brothers. Um, have you heard the conspiracy theory about Angelica? We may we haven't done Rugrats. Yeah, we did Rugrats already, right? Nope. No, we, we haven't done any Rugrats. Rugrats. Yeah. So, we have not talked about this then. Uh, there is a wacky conspiracy theory about the Rugrats. Uh, none of so trigger warning, I guess, for <laughs> anybody out there that wants to fast forward thirty seconds ish because it does talk about the death of children in it. So sure. trigger warning. Uh, so none of the babies in Rugrats actually exist. Uh, they're all figments of Angelica's imagination uh, as a result of her parents' negligence. Interesting. Okay. okay. So a Tumblr user named Radio Retali- Retaliation, Retali- whatever you want to say. It. It's a very long. Uh, maybe I'll credit him. I don't know. You can Google <laughs> this and whatever. Uh, so Chucky would have died with his mother, which explains why his father is a nervous wreck. So they both died in childbirth. Yep. Tommy was a stillborn baby, which explains why his father, Stu, is always in the basement making toys for the son he never had. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the, the DeVilles had an abortion to compensate for not knowing the sex of the baby. Uh, Angelica invented the twins in her head, one boy and one girl. 
So there's a conspiracy theory for that. That is way dark. <laughs> way dark and very, very wacky. So. Somebody thought of that. Yeah, if you uh, skipped that portion of the podcast, welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> it's brighter on this side. Um, and uh, I can give you this part, uh, dear podcast listener, if you did skip it. Arlene Klasky, who is one of the creators of Rugrats, told BuzzFeed at Comic comic con a lot of people believe that conspiracy theory and she said and no it is not true (laughs) right right (laughs) they did not write the show with that in their mind (laughs) no that was never our intention (sighs) but nice try (laughs) yeah anyways uh angelica introduces the babies to the reptar bar ever the ever pivotal reptar bar in the looks uh, so good it does look so good um she's surprised that they don't know what a reptar bar is don't you guys eat candy or watch TV or do anything you're supposed to? <laughs> so she explains it to the babies. Uh, they're just in awe of the candy bar in Angelica's hand. A reptar bar is chocolate and nuts and caramel and green stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> then she goes into that little song and dance, which I'm assuming is like a com- reciting the commercial. Gotta There's be. no other. It kind of had more of a radio jingle thing to me, but TV commercial, radio jingle, whatever. Right. Everybody's been there. Very relatable for anybody, especially as a kid. What's very funny relatable. about that is the voice of Tommy Pickles is Phoebe from Friends, old singing partner who leaves her to do radio jingles. Interesting. Yeah. R.I.P. Co- I think she died. The Tommy Pickles. Yeah, the Tommy Pickles. So. I think she yeah, died. The I original one died. Yeah. R.I.P. That's interesting. Ding, 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 ding. If you had Friends reference on your bingo card, <laughs> you can cross that one off. Cross her out. <laughs> uh, anyways, who says advertising advertising to kids does not work? Because it certainly does. It works. I mean, it works on me. <laughs> I, I once again want a reptile bar, <laughs> even though they weren't actually a thing. I'm sure they have existed in some form or another, right? Like, but not like that. Not exactly Because right they like haven't been at the big candy barn. They oh. have reptile something. Thing, but it's not like a chocolate bar. Oh, like come on! Why what are you thinking? I, maybe why hasn't anybody made the actual <laughs> reptar bar? Come on, somebody out there. We might have to be the one to start the movement. Willy Wonka, I know you're a listener. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aside here, have you seen the preview for the Willy Wonka with Timothy Chalamet? I have not. It's like a prequel and tells you how Willy Wonka came to be who he was. Oh, sure. It looks really cool. Nice. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so of course, because she is Angelica, uh, she tells the babies that they have to, the only way that they can get reptar bars is, uh, going trick or treating on Halloween and she gets to go trick or treating and they don't. So yeah. they're like, Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. What's Halloween? <laughs> right. Um, Angelica leaves and the babies see Dee Dee and Drew with bowls of stuff, including reptar bars. Whoa. They got to get some, but how? <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, Tommy's got a plan because that's what Tommy do. And Chucky's nervous already. <laughs> Always. Always <laughs> Doesn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> nope. Um, outside, Stu is erecting a sign that points to a haunted house in the backyard. He smashes his thumb because cartoons. Because cartoons, <laughs> but for some reason, that's one of the most memorable thumb smashes in my entire life. <laughs> that's one that sticks out to <laughs> it you. Definitely. <laughs> I've seen that so many times. That's awesome. So when you think of when somebody hits their thumb. I honestly think of that. <laughs> when <laughs> I awesome. watch that I again that. today, I'm like, holy cow, I still think of that. That's I awesome. That. I absolutely love that, Trev. I really, really do. Why would they do this elaborate, like, haunted house for children in their backyard? Makes no sense. When their kids aren't old enough to appreciate it. Right. Angelica's sort of. Sort of. But they weren't even going to have her come. And he's like, I already promised her. Right. Yeah. It seems very, very far-fetched. It seems. Especially with the grandpa who is 
so close to the edge of craziness. (laughs) I don't think he should be involved in any way. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's a little bit of an odd point for me in this episode, but I guess you had to have some episode somewhere. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And it is interesting, too, how they completely abandon their youngest children inside and don't pay attention to them at all. At at all. At all. (laughs) As a matter of fact, they close the shades so they can't even see them anymore. (laughs) You stupid babies. In the weakest security playpen I've ever seen in my life. But okay. It is. It is. And it is ultimately a super elaborate. I shouldn't say super elaborate, but they put a lot of time into it. This little uh, haunted house that they did. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, Grandpa does show up in his mask, and Dee Dee hates the mask. Yep. and completely hates it. And then that's when they decide no babies. Uh, and that's no when, babies. Yep. And, but Angelica, she's still going to be coming. So, uh, Grandpa goes on one of his famous rants because he does those in most episodes about how he and Sparky, as little spuds, you know, they wouldn't have been scared of this type of stuff. But <laughs> yeah. ultimately, he ends up being scared by trick or treaters who just scream trick or treat right. on Halloween when that's what's supposed to happen on exactly. Halloween. Exactly. So he's a big. Uh, he's a big wussy. Uh, With the trick-or-treaters there, everybody takes their places all while the babies watch. Uh, They observe that the big kids are going in the tent. Even bigger than Angelica. Yeah, can you believe it? Uh, Dee Dee with her fangs in the mirror uh, inside the house. Uh, She's the bride of Frankenstein. The Bride of Frankenstein, I didn't think was a vampire, though. I don't but think so. But she's got the hair with the lightning bolts on it, right? So, yeah. uh, whatever, Stu is uh, Frankenstein, you know, which is... I almost commented when I was taking my notes how weird his feet looked after he put the sign in. Then I was like, oh, he's partly in his costume. Right, right. I was like, what's with his weird feet? (laughs) Oh, he's dressing up as Frankenstein. Uh, Stu put on his flat top to complete the Frankenstein uh, uh, costume. Uh, The babies watch out the sliding door as even more kids uh, enter the tent, and they're wondering why did those kids go in there. Uh, They then watch the same kids scream and run out, clutching their reptar bars, holding (laughs) them in the air as they run, uh, like they're trophies of Halloween. Which is... (laughs) I mean, they must be rich because no one gives out full-size candy bars. Yeah, not, no, they don't. No. That's the truth. They don't. Uh, the babies uh, see what they want, and they have they think that they've figured it out at this point, right? They, think. Uh, they just have to scream to get a reptar bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chucky's on the fence, as always. Uh, uh, I don't know, Tommy. I scream all the time, and all I ever get is a bottle and a diaper. <laughs> which is a funny line. That's De- a good line by Chucky. That's a really line. good line. Tommy's unfazed, as usual. Nah. <laughs> nah, kid. No one's stopping <laughs> (laughs) my plans (laughs) this is halloween everything's different always the risk taker slash instigator (laughs) instigator uh he's gonna do great things with his life someday (laughs) uh so they all do it they all scream at once right and what does that get them? Just confusion. Confusion. <laughs> oh, the trick-or-treaters scare them. Oh, so let's yeah. close this shade, like I said, right, and completely right. isolate you children from the rest of us. There's no supervision. <laughs> None whatsoever. Who needs supervision? We have this gate that they always get out of. <laughs> yeah. We still can't figure out how. Uh, Tommy, t- uh, Tommy. Tommy <laughs> knows what they have to do now. They have to go scream inside that place, as right. he still references yeah. it. Uh, so he, they say we got to get into the tent and Chucky protests as always. And Tommy insists. So they go. That's, so they, so that's, they go. That's, so they that's go. What that's, happens, that's what happens. You know. <laughs> we don't actually see them escape. We just see Spike laying on the kitchen floor and not giving a care. No, not giving one care. I didn't, I did enjoy the shot of him like rolling over yeah, from yeah. his point of view. Like I thought that was pretty Definitely cool. Definitely one of the memorable dogs of our yeah, childhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Uh, the next thing we know, the babies are crawling under the side of the tent outside into the haunted house. Uh, they got outside very easily. I know in <laughs> later episodes, they always go out the doggy door into the backyard. Yeah. But, I mean, they didn't show that at all. All of a sudden, they're just outside. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. They are amazed by what they see inside that tent. Wow. <laughs> see, isn't it scary? Maybe a little. <laughs> uh, Chucky gets sick from a mirror. Because yeah. that's Chucky. Uh, Tommy enjoys some grapes that are supposed to be eyeballs, but yeah. he's a baby, so he doesn't know. Uh, Phil and Lil are in love with the worms. Uh, Phil and Lil are kind of my secret favorites of almost every episode. 100%. They're just very funny. They're and, very funny. Uh, they are really, even though they just follow along, because it seems, they follow along because it seems like they don't have anything better to do, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, they just kind of observe and are along for the ride, and they're just like, yeah, go whatever. Yeah. <laughs> It is funny that they're all just gathered up all the time with no supervision. It is funny. Like, why is this the house we just <laughs> neglect our children at? I don't know. But. Yeah, and Phil and Lil's parents are, like, rarely in the picture at yeah. all. What are they doing? Come on. What are they doing? Uh, the next batch of trick-or-treaters are there, and Angelica is out there included. And uh, Dee Dee tells them, aren't you all very scary? And Angelica says, I'm a little angel, because <laughs> she's a little angel. Right. <laughs> so the babies hide, because they don't want to get busted by Angelica. Um, as the kids enter the tent, uh, they get their reptar bars, uh, and then the babies unintentionally make the haunted house a whole bunch scarier for those <laughs> yeah. four-year-olds or whatever they are, uh, especially for Angelica. Uh, finally, to top it off, Grandpa enters the tent in his mask, really scaring the kids for real <laughs> yeah. that time, which is weird because he's running into the tent like, what's going on in here? Like trying yeah. to figure out what's happening, but yeah. he's in there scaring the crap out of them. Right. Uh, so this in this scene, Angelica kind of gets her comeuppance, right, or comeuppance a little yeah. bit by being the most scared of the group, I guess. Right. Uh, Grandpa slips and falls on the grapes, and he lands on the ground, breaking his hip and <laughs> immediately, like, ruining the rest of his adult life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he is also fooled by the babies as well, and he has got some great lines like, Jumping Jehoshaphat, I'm a big fan of that one. Oh, yeah. Leaping Librarians. I like that one. And then the one that didn't seem like it should be in a kid's show. Yeah. <laughs> Hopping horny toads. Okay, Gramps. Thanks, Grandpa. It's inappropriate. Uh, in the confusion, and while Grandpa attempts to escape, he is uh, his perceived ghosts. Uh, he knocks down all the goodies. Yeah, and the babies reap the benefits. <laughs> they get quite the haul, taking it back to the living room. Yeah, they just uh, get like it's bags of candy. That one bag bags. looked like it weighed more than Tommy did, and he had For it sure. hung over <laughs> his back. Um, outside, Grandpa is trying to convince the rest of the family that he saw two zombies. Two zombies. <laughs> uh, Stu and Drew definitely are not buying it, though. Um, Angelica does come to Grandpa's defense a little bit because she was also very scared by the babies in the tent. Yep. Uh, Grandpa challenges Stu and Drew to go into the tent, but neither will. <laughs> They're <laughs> that's, that's a pretty too. funny exchange. It is a good you go, you go, you go, you go, you go. Okay, <laughs> well, I'll go. Well, you go, and I'll go grab the flashlight. I'm like, no, I'm going to go in. <laughs> Come on, you grown ass adult. <laughs> that you made this thing. <laughs> uh, we see the babies finally. They're eating their fill of reptar bars, and all I can ever think of is get that candy away from that baby. Ser that baby can't be eating that candy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all I ever think of. Seriously, I love it though. They all have green tongues, and then the episode ends with the Stu and Drew in their argument, uh, and Angelica never does get her reptar bar. Nope. never ever does. Roll credits on that one, and neither do we. So it's like the listeners are like Angelica. We never. Get our reptar bar. True. Very, very true, Trav. One That's last it. chance to make you want that damn reptar bar. <laughs> like, why 
why it looks delicious just because it turns your tongue green. I don't know. It, but. it would be delicious. Do you think it has like a what? It's just going to taste chocolatey, right? It's got to. The green stuff is probably like just sugary syrup. Yeah. Probably or, you know, like sugar syrup. I guess like right now they do the ghoulish green like Twix and Snickers yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. that we grab. So it could just be that. Yeah. So. It could be just. I want to eat it either way. So somebody <laughs> out there, make it for us. Make please it. mail it to us at Wonka. the address that you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next episode that we are moving on to is uh, a hey Arn- an an hey Arnold op- a hey Arnold a hey Arnold episode a hey Arnold episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Arnold's Halloween. Um, love the opening of Hey Arnold. Also, right? Oh, but here we go. But here we go. It's uh, a that's one that gets stuck in my head. Also, like, for sure. Uh, doing the homework for this podcast, it was one that would I would wake up with. with oh the yeah, hey Arnold thing. Definitely. Uh, I can relate for some reason. Hey Arnold to a rainy day. That for some reason that's what it like makes me feel and what makes me think of like. Maybe Hey Arnold had that block that was like during the day most of the time or something like that. Right. So you'd be home on a rainy day in the summer watching it. I don't know. I just equate Hey Arnold with a rainy day. Yeah, I know we talked about in a while ago emails about memorable episodes. And I said the snowy day episode because yeah. it seems like every day we did yeah. get snow canceling school. Somehow that episode is on TV here in Minnesota. <laughs> I don't know how. but It's true. It's so, yeah, very, very true. memorable. I, I do love how these shows can just like put me in that space immediately of how immediately. I felt 30 years ago yeah. as a 10 year old, you know, and just like, I just love that about all of these shows. No. Sometimes the actual episode may fall a little bit flat, but it still yeah. puts me in that space that's comfortable. Right. And, nice. and it takes about T minus 10 seconds. Of, oh, okay. I've seen this episode. <laughs> I, yes. I thought yes. maybe I hadn't. Yeah. I've seen it about a hundred times. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this Hey Arnold episode is a War of the World spoof. Yep. Uh, it's pretty obvious that that's what it is. The dude even sounds like Orson Welles, the, yeah. <laughs> the writer of but the it's story. But it's got to be Pinky, right? It is. It's the same guy. Yep. Or, or, I mean, it's the brain. Yes, Pinky. the brain. Yes, not, the brain. Not Pinky. But. I'll, we'll just talk about it right now. His name is Maurice Lamarche. Uh, and he's a very famous voice actor, famously for sounding like Orson Welles. And that's pretty near to his actual speaking voice. Yeah. It's embellished, but it's pretty near to his actual speaking voice. I, I really like it. It's hilarious. It is. It's really great. Uh, he was in the real Ghostbusters as Egon Spangler. Okay. That's a great show. I don't know if you were a fan of it. Never seen it. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Real <laughs> Ghostbusters is the like, oh, I love that show. We'll get to that one. He was in Captain Planet. Definitely which is a, seen that. Love me some Captain Planet. Animaniacs. He was a big time voice actor. And Animaniacs, yep. and he was the brain, Mel Gibson, Michelangelo, Jack Palance, which you know, he was in uh, Batman 1989, nice. and uh, Marvin the Martian. He also does Marvin the Martian now. As that's the awesome. Guy. Spartacus, Wacko Warner burping. So every time a Wacko Warner burp, that's him. That's kind of cool. Not that, necessarily. That's one, really that's cool. cool. Marvin and, the Martian's my fave. Yeah, right. Uh, and then in Hey Arnold, he's Big Bob Pataki every episode. Oh, okay. The narrator and cat dog. And then he's also Calculon, Kiff, Croker, Morbo, and Lur in Futurama. Nice. Uh, and if you're a Futurama fan, you will recognize his voice immediately. Yeah. Uh, he's still very active today. Um, so the in the so. Aliens are on the minds of all our characters in this episode. Uh, they're all watching TV in the common, common room of the boarding house, which has got some very interesting characters in it. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely, because I got a feeling we're going to do May, more Hey Arnold after oh. this one, because it was very, very good to watch. 100%. So we'll get into those characters again some other time. But So uh, 
they're watching the Z Files, which is an X Files parody. <laughs> yeah. You were an X Files fan. I mean, I've seen a few episodes, yeah. but I didn't watch it much. I didn't watch it much when it was on because it scared the crap out of me. Yeah. But as an adult, I watched it in reruns and had borrowed DVDs from people and stuff. And I really loved X-Files. So nice. we're, we're going to do some X-Files sometimes, too. But they're watching the Z-Files. And at the end of the episode, tune in to the Z-Files next week when the aliens invade. <laughs> and everybody's disappointed that they're not going to get the payoff, which I don't know how they didn't. Because back in network television, like you would be watching the clock while you're watching the yeah. show. And you'd be like, well, the show's over in five minutes. And there's yeah. like an hour's worth of story left. They're exactly. never going to finish this. <laughs> so it should have been no surprise. Should have been obvious. <laughs> no surprise whatsoever. Uh, but up next, it's UFO Tonight with your ho- your host, Douglas Kane. Douglas He Kane. sounds like Orson Welles, like we said. Um, I would have watched UFO Tonight in the 90s. Oh, I, yeah. That's what I would have watched. And I would have gone to bed with nightmares every <laughs> yeah, night. <laughs> exactly. Because all that UFO stuff that was on in the 90s... Uh, it would scare the crap out of me and literally would be like, there's aliens in my basement, which is always like the weirdest thing to think. Why would they be in my basement? Why my basement? <laughs> I don't know, but I just want them to leave. Why would they start in the basement to begin with? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, Grandpa interrupts the gang watching TV because it's time for them to discuss the annual uh, boarding house Halloween party. Uh, Gerald and Arnold want to help, but Halloween is a serious, serious business and it isn't for children, according to Grandpa, yeah. which is a great line. Absolutely love it. Um, Coming from the man married to that woman. <laughs> right. I love her, but she is crazy. Uh, do you love the rim shots that are in the episode after the jokes? The <laughs> uh, you know, it seems like a kind of a laugh track of sorts, maybe cueing kids to what is actually funny or not. Right. But I still think it's kind of endearing to the show and adds to the joke because it like can it. it almost signifies a a lame joke or like a stupid joke. Right, right. Uh, but I, I love that stuff and it gives it some charm. Uh, Grandpa is a big fan of Halloween pranks because he's a weird dude just like his <laughs> wife, Grandma. Yep. Um, Arnold and uh, Harold, they leave. Arnold and Gerald. I don't know why. I might have said Harold before, but Arnold and Gerald, Gerald. leave the boarding house as the rest of the tenants argue over costume choices like uh, the two want to be uh, uh, the two want to be Frankenstein, yep, you know, yep. that, which is it's pretty funny. Uh, so Gerald asks Arnold if they're going to do the same thing as last year. And Arnold says, Arnold says, no, uh, this year the grownups need a good scare and it's going to involve aliens. Yay, aliens. (laughs) So we move over to, uh, the Pataki's house with big Bob Pataki and he's playing poker with his friends, Harold the butcher and, uh, Harvey the mailman. Also, while watching UFO tonight, yeah, uh, Helga com- Helga comes into the room, uh, but her uh, Helga comes into the room to talk to her dad, but is told to move because Bob can't see the TV. Yeah, uh, he also calls her Olga, which is her older sister. Right, uh, Helga doesn't take kindly to that. <laughs> How many times is he going to call me Olga? Does he think it's funny or something? <laughs> I bet you, to some level, Bob either knows and thinks it's funny because he's not a great dude. <laughs> You're right, he's certainly not a great dad. That's true. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he thinks it's funny. Uh, Bob and his friends have a discussion about aliens, and Bob is a believer, while the other two are not. Uh, Bob even had his own close encounter (laughs) one time. Uh, He was bringing home some cut-rate Canadian transistors across North Dakota (laughs) (laughs) when his truck was abducted. Uh, And and then he was found. He woke up, so his truck was abducted, and he woke up wandering around the uh, the parking lot of a Royal Fork smorgasbord. Which is an interesting sentence. Yes. <laughs> Royal Fork Smorgasbord. <clears throat> uh, Helga has heard this story a million times as she's laying on the couch listening to it and she's mouthing the words as he's saying it. So uh, Bob's friends don't believe him. 
Uh, in the alleyway with the kids, Helga is laying out her plan now. They're all going to dress like aliens to scare everybody. Yep. Uh, so now, this is our first instance. Uh, Helga is going to try to scare some people, and Arnold and Gerald are going to try to scare some people. Yep. I wonder if they're going to relate to each other. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so using foil and paint and to some silver fabric... Uh, Harold is in charge of the paint, by the way. That's a good point to remember. Yep. <laughs> uh, Helga asks Football Head and Tall Hair if they are in or, in or out of her plan. They are out. Uh, they have their own idea for some holiday mischief. Uh, but being the infinitely nice dude that Arnold is, he invites everybody to his house for a party. Yeah. Although it's secretly to work more into his plan. Right. <laughs> I'm sure Grandpa will appreciate that. It's going to be a great way for them to fake their alien invasion. It's going to make all the borders go out of their minds <laughs> into the depths of insanity. Uh, kind of like maybe the last episode. There you go. He should have gotten, uh, Arnold should have gotten his hands on the, the puzzle box from Hellraiser <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and really made them go insane. Exactly. <laughs> I got way dark. Uh, back at Helga's and she's ready to hit the town in her full alien costume. That was very quick. Those kids was. know how to resource some materials. By themselves. Yeah. <laughs> no money. Just resourcing materials. Yep. Uh, she wants to show her dad, but he is way more interested in the paper and specific specifically finding out how much money he left lost on football. Uh, Helga pesters her dad to take a short glance, and then he does, and that's it. Um, <laughs> another touching father and daughter moment. If anybody needs me, I'll be soaping windows. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, do uh, Halloween pranks as a kid? No. I didn't until I was a teen, and it was limited to TPing my friend's house. Sure. Friend's <laughs> house. One friend we got a lot, and his dad had to tell us to stop doing it. Sure. <laughs> He's like, you guys got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> that was the extent of my Halloween pranks, and I was uh, well older than uh, trick-or-treating age at that time. Yep. Um, at the boarding house, some trick-or-treaters come to the door, and uh, Grandpa swears, uh, and Grandpa answers and tells the kids to grab themselves some worms and cockroaches. <laughs> uh, just, wow, actual worms and cockroaches. Actual worms and cockroaches. <laughs> the kids run away screaming, just like I would have. Obviously. I, I still would. <laughs> yes. Uh, inside the boarding house, and the party's really bumping. Everybody's dressed to the, dressed to the nines in their Halloween costume. And yep. Is there a gag with Grandma's costume? Because she's a witch playing the bagpipe. I tried, racked my brain for trying to put a witch in Scotland together, a witch and bagpipes together. Like, what is the gag there? Is I, there a joke? I don't know if there is one. Just supposed to be really weird? Cause I think Grandma's so. weird. Because she's super okay, weird. Because Grandma's weird. And then now, I can't remember his name, but the whiny dude complaining about his cape. And I don't know why that woman stays oh, with him. I know. I can't. I can't think of his name. For the uh, life yeah, I just think of Sue. He says Susie is yeah. her name, but I can't think of his. But yeah, he's a piece of crap. He's got a whole. Like, uh, he's got a whole episode where she leaves him and they help him get her back. And I'm like, run, lady, run, run. <laughs> I want to say it's like Oliver, but I don't yeah. think that's right. It's Ollie? close, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. It's pretty close to that. So Gerald and Arnold's plan is uh, beginning to be uh, revealed as they hijack the radio in the boarding house to put their own rendition of War of the Worlds on over the radio waves. Although they kind of like portray it as uh, 
as being like just through their radio because yeah. the way it looks like it's connected and stuff like that. But they do have a they do say later that they have a transmitter that they use. I don't know. Any way you look at it, these kids have some amazing technical knowledge. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. It gets picked up by like the local news station. And right. Now all of a sudden it's national news. Yeah. Like, I don't on. know. These kids have some great knowledge on how to put together stuff that I wouldn't have known as a 10 year old in fourth grade. Yeah. Uh, either way, it's showtime and they begin their uh, broadcast. Uh, the rest of the kids are on their way to the boarding house just as arnold planned in their uh, alien gear so it's time for the alien attack a large saucer like craft is reported to have landed on the outskirts of the city some great writing from a couple of grade schoolers <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, next, we get to see Mr. Kane's assistant out looking for aliens, which is just a weird thing. He he, he's, So Mr. Kane's assistant doesn't want to be out there anymore. His shift is supposed to last until 10 o'clock. But uh, Mr. Kane says, or Douglas Kane says, Halloween's the perfect night for aliens to invade because they'll blend in with uh, the costumed people on the street. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, finally, uh, so, uh, Mr. Smitty, uh, listens to Mr. Kane and he's going to stay out there and, uh, finish his shift. And, uh, Douglas Kane says to him, thank you very much, Mr. Smitty. <laughs> uh, on his way back into the city, he stumbles across Gerald, Gerald's and Arnold's pirate radio signal and he falls hook, line and sinker for it. Yeah. Everybody does. Uh, Gerald's radio broadcast uh, and the arrival of the kids dressed as aliens coalesce with the arrival of Mr. Smitty on the scene. So all three yeah. parts of them arrive perfectly. Right. Um, so Smitty contacts Douglas Kane and uh, Douglas says, for God's sake, man, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Inside the boarding house, Grandpa is trying to calm the party down. Y'all know there's no such thing as aliens. And then ding dong. Then everybody gasps in the... <gasps> It's and the aliens. <laughs> it's the aliens. And it's, I think it's funny. As Grandpa walks to the door, he goes, calm down, you ninnies. It's just ninnies. the doorbell. <laughs> but it's the aliens. And then the kids that are the aliens, they run away, which is like perfect timing. They're perfectly backlit. Smitty's videotaping them as they're coming away. So it's got that real like grainy alien footage look yeah. that you'd see in the 90s. Uh, so Smitty gets that shaky video evidence of the uh, aliens and it's convincing enough, I guess, even yeah, I though guess. you can see children's faces right. <laughs> in it. So we're back at home now with Big Bob and his TV program is interrupted by Douglas Kane's show because that's the type of the type of uh, sway he has over <laughs> television. Broad- yeah. You can just interrupt broadcasting. Apparently. Uh, the aliens have landed. Uh, Bob is seriously amazed and takes notice because he's a believer. We've established that already. Uh, so do his buddies from the poker game well we only see uh the mailman harold the mailman yeah but uh, he's like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) um all the while miriam bob's wife is playing solitaire at the table and she couldn't care less about what's going on so i noticed earlier in the episode when she appears by voice only you also hear the clinking glass sound of like ice in a drink yeah is she supposed to be portrayed maybe as a drunk she kind of talks like a drunk. She's I think really she is. slow. Like, I feel like that's a thing in the show. Is it? Yeah. Like, do they do an episode so. about it? I think so. Uh, I mean, not maybe one specific episode, but I feel like she does have maybe like a cocktail glass or something like it's that. It's interesting that that's in a kid's show, but 
I don't know. That just kind of. Yeah, like, it's kind of rough. You know, <laughs> dad doesn't give a crap. And mom's and a drunk. She's, yeah, <laughs> trying to deal with it in her own way, I guess. That's, that's depressing. Uh, the TV broadcast and Gerald's radio broadcast are continuing now. Uh, all the action is at Wells Ridge, where the f- uh, where the mothership is located, which is a water tower. <laughs> uh, the water tower where these people live every day of their lives. Yeah. And they're completely fooled by it for some reason or another. Uh, Arnold and Gerald and Stinky orchestrate the lighting of the tower. Okay, Stinky, the eagle has landed. <laughs> I don't see no eagle, but I'm going to go ahead and plug these lights in. <laughs> Stanky's a very funny character, yeah, and for some reason, the episode where he gets the Yahoo endorsement is a very one is one that sticks out in my mind. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a pretty early episode too. Isn't I think it? so. Yeah. yeah, that's one that sticks out for me for sure. Uh, so there are so many lights on this water tower that these kids again were able to resource from somewhere somehow. Uh, it fries the electrical panel that's up there on the ridge, which for some reason fries the power plant, which then fries the whole city's. Uh, power grid. Come on. But the lights at the water tower stay lit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a bit a kid, of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch. It's a kid's show. It's okay. We'll just go with it. Yeah. Uh, by the time, uh, by this time, the city is in a complete panic and Grandpa thinks it's a good time to hit the road. Uh, the city is in like some serious chaos, like <laughs> yeah. air raid sirens, searchlights, some very like mid 90s Batman movie stuff. Isn't oh, yeah. It? <laughs> I was just waiting for Val Kilmer to make an appearance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Arnold confesses to the situation, though, because he's a good dude, and he's seen that it's gotten out of hand. Uh, at first, Grandpa doesn't believe them, but Arnold's got all the answers for him, like the aliens or the kids from the class. Uh, they used his old transmitter, and the mothership is the water tower. Uh, so Grandpa's like, okay, that's great. I'm actually uh, proud of you. Let's go try to <laughs> fix this, because I love pranks, even though the city's in pure chaos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what about Douglas Kane? Uh, he's been going on about the same story, and that's when the light bulb goes on for Gerald and Arnold that yep. the, some really bad stuff is going on because of what they did. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Arnold's a really good dude. He's wondering where his classmates are. Uh, they're still running from the people at the boarding house. Uh, well, short man, it looks like we better go save your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they run, uh, they run into grandma or Pookie as grandpa calls her. Um, she's the best and I wish there was more of her in this episode. I really love that turtle episode that she's in. It's a very heartfelt episode. They go save that turtle. It's a very great episode. That one's a super good episode. And you of course remember the fly episode teaching karate. Yes. Oh Oh, yes. (laughs) I did not remember it until you just said it, but but yes, that is a solid, (laughs) it's a very solid episode. Uh, that turtle's name was Lockjaw, by the way, if anybody's Lockjaw. wondering. Great episode. That's a good one to start on. I believe it's episode two. Oh, sure. I believe it's episode two of the whole series. Uh, so grandpa's or grandma is headed out in what looks like some sort of freedom fighter gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's working with the underground and she tells them don't, uh, don't wait up. And grandpa says, you crazy old bird, crazy old bird. <laughs> I love that. So we're back with Bob and Miriam and Bob finds out that the beeper system is overloaded. So this time it's personal. It's personal. <laughs> and, uh, they said on the public broadcasting system, I, the, yeah, you know, the emergency broadcasting system that the beeper system was overloaded. Cause that was vital knowledge in (laughs) early 90s yeah okay uh but that means it's time for bob to get the hummer out because bob is the type of guy that would own a hummer of course (laughs) 
uh, back with the kids in the alleyway, and they've been cornered, and they uh, have come to a dead end. Uh, they're pleading for their lives. <laughs> Literally <laughs> yeah, pleading seriously. for their lives. Please, we're just a bunch of fourth graders. This is just paint, but it won't come off. Uh, Harold got permanent exterior latex. What a jerk. What a jerk. <laughs> so the kids are on the run again. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, none of these adults believe the possibility of these being children on Halloween. They, nope, it is fully English-speaking aliens, yep. 100%, <laughs> with no weapons, nothing. Nothing at all. Arnold, Gerald, and Grandpa are trying to do something about the situation. They're trying to get the word out that it's a hoax that they perpetrated on everybody. Uh, they run across Bob in the streets, while Bob nearly runs them off the road, actually, which yeah. is pretty funny. Uh, Bob's rallying his troops, and they're going to go kick some alien butt, because that's <laughs> what Bob likes to do. Yep. Uh, Douglas Kane is getting his stuff together and plans to catch all of this on film. And they go to Wells Ridge. I like how he's uh, very concerned with his makeup case. Be careful, man. This could be the last makeup case on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So back with Bob and his group of vigilantes, they're patrolling the streets. I don't know why they're not going to the mothership quickly, but they're just kind of patrolling the streets. Yeah. Uh, They run across Principal Wartz practicing his surrendering, which is very (laughs) funny. Um, I'll offer to take them to the children. <laughs> he seems like he seems like a great dude. So they pick him up. Pick him up. <laughs> uh, they discover that Warts is going to surrender to the aliens. Uh, they ask him what's with the chocolate and nylons. Like that's weird. Weird. That's, that's very, very weird. Very very weird. Uh, Bob threatens to kill Warts if he doesn't straighten up and grow a spine. And then Warts does his best cheering. Go humans, go fight, <laughs> fight, fight. <laughs> Such a such a weird, like, why does he even have to be in the episode? I know, it seems very, very weird. Very, weird. Uh, it's it's funny, uh, but the average fourth grader is going to miss the joke of him being like like a spineless weirdo. Right, right? exactly. Because, I mean, the nylons only make him a weirdo, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> spineless weirdo. Uh, so we're back with the fleeing kids. Um, <laughs> and I think it's Harold that says, uh, if we'd only dressed up like pirates, this, you know, <laughs> this would all be avoided. Uh, they decide to run to the top of the ridge cause no one will find them there. Yeah. I guess let's just go to the top of the ridge. It's so the story can happen. <laughs> uh, they run across stinky and he tells them that all of their problems are because of a prank that Arnold and Gerald played. Arnold. <laughs> and then Arnold miles away in the car. Did you hear something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's wondering what the kids are doing now at this point again. And uh, flash to the other kids. Stinky is getting whooped. <laughs> <laughs> Back with Bob and his friends, the butcher and the mailman. Uh, why is he in uniform? Why is the mailman in uniform? That's his alien fighting gear. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I'm dressing like the mailman. He always wears that. <laughs> he does. Uh, they make it to the mothership. Um, how can they be so blind to the fact that it is the water tower now that you're like less than a hundred yards away from it? Come on. I get being ripped up into like a whipped up into like a mass hysteria and stuff, but, but by the time you even get close to where, you know, the water <laughs> tower is in the city you've lived for how long for your whole life, something's probably. gotta click, something's but gotta we're click. also talking about someone who was holding his daughter clean <laughs> for safety and he didn't believe her. So this guy is not only a bad dad, he's kind of a piece of crap. And he also knows how to make a large bomb out of beepers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A beeper bomb. All wired to an egg timer for some reason. Because it doesn't need a timer. It explodes on impact. Yeah. Okay, Bob. 
Bob heads to the top of the ridge after he wires those beepers. He says he's going to wave his hand so Harvey the mailman can launch that thing. Uh, and that's when, that's going to be the signal to launch the beepers. All while Principal Warts is tied to a chair that they had with them. <laughs> and he's still <laughs> chanting, go humans, go, fight, fight, fight. Yeah. I want to know what the original audio was for that because I bet you he said something completely different. And Probably. Like, censors were like, he cannot say that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what it was. I wonder what it was. Uh, we also see that Douglas Kane is there and is broadcasting. He's obsessed with the fact that he might be the last award-winning journalist alive. He's a he's a really great character. Yeah. Um, very self-absorbed, but I think he's uh, played well in this episode and is pretty darn funny. Yeah. Does he make any other appearances in the uh, series? I can't think of any off the top of my I'm, head. Yeah, I can't think of any. It doesn't mean he doesn't. It doesn't but... mean he doesn't. It would probably be like on TV in an episode, right. not really in person. Uh, so now that everybody's at the water tower, I mean, mothership, uh, <laughs> Arnold rushes to the top to stop all this nonsense. Uh, simultaneously, the kids are all chasing stinky to the water tower and everybody spots them. The aliens. <laughs> uh, Bob is also in full mil- military mode at this point and he's army crawling up. the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he catches up to the kids and grabs Helga by the head. By the head. <laughs> Arnold tries to stop him. Mr. Pataki, stop. <laughs> But there's no stopping Big Bob at this point because he's having a full psychotic break. (laughs) (laughs) Full on psychotic break. Nobody move. I've got you, repulsive little leader. (laughs) Dad, it's me, Helga. Well, you sound like Helga. (laughs) My worst fear, the aliens are taking over my mind. (laughs) Uh, At this point, he's staring into his daughter's eyes and he's going to kill her. Seriously. (laughs) That's what he's planning on doing. But just in but just in time, a strange football-headed boy is running in to stop Mr. Pataki. <laughs> it's really Helga. Uh, Bob waves his arms to get Arnold to go away. Not now, kid. I'm saving the world. But <laughs> but that's the signal. Remember, yep. that's the signal. That's the signal. <laughs> time to fling an explosive device at a group of children. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out to be a good thing though, because the bomb blows that hole in the water tower. The water showers down on everybody and washes the paint away because you know it's permanent exterior latex like that's weird that it just washed right off their faces yeah that's some powerful water okay that's that's some high quality h2o (laughs) uh thankfully at this point bob comes to his sensor senses his sensei his sensei (laughs) thankfully for advice uh thankfully at this point bob comes to his senses is that really you haga haga who the hell is haga i don't know is that his really sensei you? didn't have the name right <laughs> is that really you helga uh and then he says holy cow i almost killed my own daughter i'm a monster yes, yes you, you are. are yes you, you are. are and then everybody cheers yeah, yeah. Didn't kill her, but he almost did. We were going to support him either way. Oh, man. We find out what Grandma was up to. She fixes the power grid. Thanks, Grandma. Yeah. Uh, Well, what do you know? It was just a water tower all along. Oh, darn. (laughs) And Douglas Kane is a big, pompous windbag. Now, let's all get some sleep. (laughs) And then Arnold says, I'm glad everything worked out. (laughs) Thanks, Arnold. Thanks, Arnold. Arnold. And then he also says that he's never going to pull a prank like that again. And Grandpa's like, not so fast. I'm pretty proud of that prank. (laughs) Thank you did a really great job you terrified the entire city and nearly caused the end of the world here's some candy oh no those are cockroaches yeah almost <laughs> turned your classmate's father into a murderer 
It was a pretty good gag to leave the episode, to end the episode yeah, on. And then yeah. uh, Grandma bids us adieu from atop the water tower, which is like a perfect episode for the Hollow for a Halloween. Yeah. The perfect ending for a Halloween episode because she screams, Happy Halloween. So, Happy Halloween. Yeah, that's great. That's a good episode. I really enjoyed that episode. It's one that very I remember good. watching on Halloween on Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. So it was just a very fun episode I feel to like watch. like all these themed episodes or holiday specific yeah. episodes we've probably seen exponential times more than the rest. Because, again, yeah, it took me about 10 seconds. Yep, I've seen this one. Yeah, that's a very good point. That is a very good point. So they were good picks. Definitely yeah. good picks. <laughs> uh, so our final episode of this of this episode, <laughs> our final Nicktoon of this episode, is a Salute Your Shorts episode, and it's Ghost Story. And it's another very, very iconic episode. You can't say Salute Your Shorts without Zeke the Plumber. Yeah. They're pretty much hand in hand. Yes. It's got to be one of the first episodes that everybody thinks about when you think Salute Your Shorts. Definitely. Zeke the Plumber. Uh, so we open up with Sponge's video diary, which seems super duper similar to the very first episode's video diary. Yeah. It was like almost the exact same thing. This is the rock we call <laughs> yeah. the rock. And this <laughs> yes. is the path we call the path. Like, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but thankfully, we ran across something interesting. Bobby Budnick. Bobby Budnick. Uh, he was defacing uh, one of the trees in the uh, sacred forest. <laughs> 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 He's carving ugly as a loser. Uh, that way, the kids of the future will know what a complete jaboni he is. Not jabroni. <laughs> Not jabroni. Jaboni. Jaboni. <laughs> jaboni. I don't think that's a thing. I don't think so either. I don't think it's a thing. Uh, Bobby is busted by Ugg. Hi there, Robert. Very creative. <laughs> He covers it up pretty well, though. I was just scratching it off. Yeah. Ugg has no proof, question marks. Nope, Sponge recorded the whole thing. Not a problem. <laughs> Give me the tape. Give, Give me the tape. Uh, Give me the tape. Uh, uh, uh. Um, and it's a cold open for a show. I love cold opens in general. I find them fun for any type oh, of TV whatsoever. 100%. And you put it in a kid's show, it's like making your, like, trusting your audience to understand that this is kind of its own little thing in comparison to the episode. And, right. Uh, you could say that's a lot to ask from 10, 11, 12 year but i like that it's in there Agreed. i like that a lot uh so i also super appreciate the opening theme every time i watch it every time uh, obviously <laughs> every you can't time skip you that. can't skip it and then the end the think i don't want to want to stink i don't want to want to live i don't want to want to ugh i just love that so much <laughs> seriously uh, like most of the episodes, we get some insight from Dr. Khan right away. This is Dr. Khan. Tonight's activities will be a terrifying ghost story about Camp Anawana's history. Or bingo in the rec center. First prize is a box of licorice. Yeah. <laughs> it, and so this story is the one that Budnick tells to everybody. Yep. So he's announcing to the camp that one of the children here is, telling is going to tell a story tonight. <laughs> and you have either that option or go to the rec center for some bingo. A story, by the way, that literally lasts like two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, guys. That's all I got. And I find it pretty unrealistic that how much everyone doesn't like Bobby Budnick, that he can get them in no time to all just gather around. Right. They're all doing their own thing. He's like, all right, gather around. And they just... Stop talking and listen. Nah, not happening. I'm sorry. Uh, everybody does go to the 
uh, to the ghost story because, duh, I'd rather go to the ghost story and maybe catch around a bingo or two <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. exactly. Uh, and it established that uh, in this up in that scene, it establishes that Bobby doesn't like spiders. That's gonna come back to haunt us. Uh, <laughs> and he tells the Zeke the plumber story. It's a well-known story, obviously among. So that's the other thing. Everybody kind of already knows the story. At least some people do, because Donkey Lips keeps interrupting with what he's going to say. Exactly. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, so Donkey Lips keeps interrupting. Zeke got his nose bit off by a parrot in the Philippines. <laughs> That's just a great line. Like, what an abstract thing. <laughs> what a, seriously. Very funny. Uh, while at camp, Zeke hit a gas line while digging a hole. He doesn't say why he's digging a hole. He's no. just digging a hole. Dig a hole, dig a hole. Dig a hole, dig a hole. He hit a gas line and boom, he's, he blew up like a party popper. <laughs> yeah. uh, all they ever found was his upper lip and his plunger. That's pretty hideous. Is that his... That's his upper lip. Oh my god! <laughs> Yuck. Is it a lame story? I mean, it's a pretty lame story. <laughs> I mean, my dad is one of those at home. I mean, Michael's dad dumps. Then, if that's what he thinks of, if he thinks of a plunger, <laughs> when he thinks <laughs> yeah. of his dad, yeah. Michael's dad dumps. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is funny too. Uh, after they find out that the plunger is cursed, that uh, he tosses it to Telly, and then he starts wiping his hands on the other girls. It's yeah. a very tween boy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, turns out anyone that touches the plunger, Zeke visits them in their dreams, and then Zizi hits the nail on the head. What is this guy, the Freddy Krueger of custodians? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he is. Uh, Zeke wears a big, ugly mask to cover up his face because it's scorched. Because it's scorched. <laughs> the first time I watched this, somehow I missed that he said that. So then when you see Zeke, I'm like, this is the best they could do is put a mat, <laughs> this super fake mask on there. But then I rewatched it again. and it's, Oh, okay. That scorched. is explained at least. But once again, just like Freddy Krueger, he's all burnt up, but whatever. Right. Uh, Telly and Michael both touch the plunger, so now Zeke is going to come visit them and suck their brains out. <laughs> Thanks, Donkey Lips. Ugg <laughs> uh, breaks up the horseplay and threatens to send everyone back to their bunks, and Telly thinks that's a really good idea. Anyways, um, all the girls head back to the bunk, and uh, Bobby Budnick hits him with the sweet dreams. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> uh, now we're in the girls' bunk. Um, they're all a bit spooked. Uh, and Dina is creating a toothpaste circle around her bed. Uh, what exactly is she doing? I well, <laughs> don't know. well, she heard that there was something in toothpaste that keeps ghosts away. It's something two of the three doctors recommend. <laughs> Which doctors? Exactly. Which doctors from the island of Limbago? It's in the book. <laughs> a girl's guide to ghouls. That's a great bit. That is a good <laughs> it's bit. It's kind of like their own little bit of like a who's on first type of thing. I thought it was very funny. And I can only assume this camp has extra toothpaste. They must. Because she for sure used a whole bottle <laughs> to go around her bed like that. She definitely. Parents were pissed. <laughs> I ran out of toothpaste the second week of camp, and I haven't brushed my teeth. In, yeah, you know, a long it has time. nothing to do with ghost <laughs> stories. Uh, you know, Telly and uh, Zizi kind of scoff at what's uh, going on. They think she's kind of being a uh, a kook. Yeah, um, but I guess before that, Z uh, Dina also says that after you do the circle, you have to spit on your turn around once, spit on your hand, and slap yourself in the forehead. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it that. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, they, uh, Telly and uh, Zizi scoff uh, at what she's doing, and they just go to bed. You know, so it's lights out. 
then it's lights back on because somebody makes a noise and they're like, is it Zeke? Yeah. One is of you, it Zeke? One of you three made the noise. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so the lights are back on. Uh, Tally and ZZ are doing the same thing that Dina just did. Uh, it's not because of ghosts. It's because of ants. You, you got to keep those ants away, right? Got to keep them ants away. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Uh, I just, okay. So I just, in uh, Trailer Park Boys, when, so just like for you, uh, when uh, Stu hits his thumb, that that's something that you think of every time. Whenever yeah. I hear, you know what I'm saying, I always think of J-Rock in Obviously. Trailer Park. Obviously, But specifically when he gets told by his buddy that he's saying, no, I'm saying too much. That's the best one. <laughs> no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying. No, I'm saying. <laughs> Dude, you're saying, no, I'm saying way too many times. No, I'm saying, no, like I'm saying. four, five, six <laughs> times is okay, but 13, 14. <laughs> four. Wait, you count my no, I'm saying? You taking a no, I'm census? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So funny. J Rock so is funny. for sure so the star of that show. And he really is the star of that show. He really is. Uh he's in a Canadian kids TV show. No way. The actor is, uh, called the uh, Odd Squad. And so Jamie, I can't remember the actor's name. He is like a very popular and well-known like TV presenter in oh, Canada. Sure. So he's on all types of shows. He's had all types of, he's kind of like uh, Sasha Baron Cohen a little bit. Not in so much like the prank stuff, but he's got a ton of different characters and yeah. had his own show and stuff. And he's been all types of other shows. So it's just interesting to see him show up in these kids shows that are produced in Canada that are on PBS in America that yeah. my daughter's, my daughter watches. And I'm like, is Jay? Rock. It's K-Rock. No, I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm saying. No, I'm saying. No, I'm saying. <laughs> so back to the boys' bunk. Uh, we hear that creepy sound that signifies Zeke. Uh, Zeke encounter is on the way. Uh, the camera pulls in on Michael's face. He's the first victim of the Ugh. night. Um, I really don't even know how to describe that sound, right? Mm. It's kind of like a pitched up reverse suction sound. Yeah. It's unsettling. Yeah, it's, a really, it's for sure. It's a really cool, creepy sound effect. So now we're into Michael's dream, and he's like comically chill in his dream, right? He's yeah. like, hey, what's up, Zeke? Too chill. <laughs> too chill. Too chill. Uh, maybe he's just an experienced lucid dreamer. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. he's just a real- his first time. <laughs> Not his first rodeo with scary stuff in his dream. <laughs> um, it's a little bit of a scary interaction for a kid's show. It's kind of so. weird, right? It's dark. There's a toilet in the room, yeah. plunger, some weird guy in your bedroom. Yeah. Um, so Zeke seems to have plunged up a little bit of dirt on Michael. It's Harry the Hippo. Uh, he plunged that out of Michael's brain with his plunger, <laughs> yeah. sucked it right out of there. Uh, Michael obviously doesn't want this info to get out. Uh, that includes his thumb sucking. I mean, I used to suck my thumb. I mean, I used, I used to. to suck my thumb. Uh, Zeke's preferred form of torture is embarrassment. That's what's <laughs> yeah, established, which basically probably a big deal for 13 year olds, but not a big deal as you're an adult. Like, yeah, sure. I got a stuffed animal. I sleep with, I don't care, man. Right. <laughs> Squishmallows are awesome. They are awesome, man. Especially the ones that you can turn inside out. It's like a two for one. Oh dude. Flip mellows. <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> I, we have one that turns from a dragon to a dragon fruit. Nice. That's cool, <laughs> yeah. man. Uh, so the nightmare ends with Zeke going in with the plunger to get more fears and insecurities out of Michael's brain. <laughs> it Some, seems so like elaborate that. as you're discussing it, but it's it doesn't seem that way no, in the show. It but doesn't. it is kind of funny that he's literally plunging things from your mind. <laughs> he is. Uh, Michael awakes and goes and gets Harry from his bag and throws him in the garbage. Poor Harry the hippo. He goes in the trash. <laughs> so the next morning at breakfast... 
There was a slight mix-up at the dairy this morning. Please discard any milk-labeled expiration date, 1983. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a solid 10 years before this episode. That's good stuff. A slight (laughs) mix-up? A slight mix-up. A slight mix-up in the time machine or something. (laughs) So in the lodge with Michael and Bobby, they butt heads like usual. Uh, Bobby says that he heard him whimpering in his sleep and knows about Harry the Hippo already because he (laughs) says him by name. So the cat's out of the bag. Cat's out of the bag. Shouldn't be a thing. So the the girls, in turn, they talk about their night. ZZ, not so great. Dina slept perfectly well because she believes everything that she's doing is working. And then Telly had the roughest night of all, so rough that she falls asleep right then and there. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Then in the, okay. I think Telly might be a narcoleptic. I she think shouldn't so. fall asleep that easily, even if you're really tired. Okay, so Telly's dream. Um, her biggest fear is a dress and a formal event. Sure. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I hated those things too, but your biggest fear? They could have come up with something biggest better. Biggest fear? Yeah. Maybe it would have been too elaborate to have her like failing in the big game or something like that, but right. that seems more like. Well, yeah, I don't way know. more. Blowing a couple of free throws for the state tourney. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, she said she wanted to play ball, not go to a ball. Are you deaf? No, dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good gag. Funny stuff. Uh, Telly's out of there, though, but then those doors slam in her face, just pulling directly from most horror tropes, right? Yeah. That happens in every horror film. Uh, so then cue some weird dancing with Zeke and his plumber. Uh, it's just kind of weird. This whole scene is just kind of weird. Yeah. Telly's trapped for the rest of her life, and she just starts saying, I got to get out of this ball. I got to get out of this ball. And then she half wakes up, and then she's saying, I got to get out of the ball. <laughs> I got to get out of the ball. So she's she switched her whatever, tenses. That's not really a tense, but whatever. Uh, Michael wakes her up. Hey, Telly, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's acting is not the best ever in the show. I mean, not really. <laughs> uh, you had a nightmare about Zeke the plumber, didn't you? <laughs> so, uh, Michael and Telly, they're in the same boat. So how do they get rid of Zeke? That's a good question. It is. So in the boys' bunk, uh, Sponge explains to us what's going on. Uh, using his computer that's not connected to any type of internet because yeah. it's the early 90s. Yep. Definitely not plugged in. Definitely not plugged in. <laughs> and also, is his computer is a Macintosh portable from 1991 because that's when the show was originally filmed. And that cost about $1,000 in 1991. Jeez. Being over $2,200 in today's money. For a 13-year-old to bring to summer camp. Yeah. (laughs) Not so much happening. It is a portable computer. It had up to 10 hours of battery life, the stuff that I looked up. So it could just be running on battery power. But what is he doing? Does he have like a Word document open? (laughs) (laughs) It's not even a Word document. It'd just be like a, what did they used to call them? What did they call them? Not they used to word processors. Yeah, it's right. just a word processor that's open on his computer for some reason. I mean, it looks cool. I like the che- I like the nerdy cheese factor of yeah. it. Yeah, uh, it, it fits cool. his character. Yeah, it looked cool enough for me to like do some research into it. Right, what right. kind of computer is that? Hmm. <laughs> Uh, so Telly and Michael got so scared that they're having nightmares about a fictitious ghoul and it's all Bobby's fault. So they want to get back to him. But how? But how? Enter Bobby. And on the spot, with no preparation whatsoever, Michael comes up with what turns out to be a fairly elaborate plan. Yeah. So I, I get it. It would just be like the basis of a plan, challenging the stay out overnight. But man, he came up with that really fast. Really fast. I know how to get him. I've been thinking about it forever. <laughs> so he dares Bobby to stay in the clearing where Zeke died. And then Bobby asks him, so what's the bet? 
Uh, if Bobby loses, he has to stand up in front of camp and tell everybody how he's a big wuss. <laughs> and if Bobby wins, Telly wears a dress and Michael has to carry Harry the Hippo around, which I didn't say this before. If he threw Harry Hippo in the garbage, one of his three bunk mates would find him the next day and be like, whose stuffed animal is this? I'm going to pound you. I'm going to pound you. I bet it's Michael's. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so Bobby, he takes the bet, uh, and he's like, "You're on wimps," because that's something that you'd say in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, the kids locate the exact location of Zeke's expiration with a compass and a map and everything. Like, <laughs> great. <laughs> and that's where Bobby has to spend the night. Uh, Donkey Lips has the supplies. It's a bit of overkill, if you ask me. Yeah. But he managed to forget the ruffles. Come on, he forgot the ruffles. If you want ruffles, that's the only thing that's going to work. That is the only thing. That's if gonna you're gonna, if you're like, give me ruffles, I'm expecting ruffles, and you come up with some flat potato chips. That ain't gonna cut it. That ain't gonna cut it. Not in my not house, <laughs> and certainly not at Camp Anawana. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, so it's have a nice night, tough guy, and the kids leave Bobby by himself. And as soon as the kids are like out of frame, still only probably about twenty feet away, he le- <laughs> he, le- yeah. he gets out of his chair to start doing his part of the play. <laughs> right. <laughs> so back in the boys' bunk, and the whole gang is there honing their plan. Even Ugg wants to join in the fun. That's how you know. You're a really crappy kid. (laughs) The camp counselor wants to also prank you. Seriously. (laughs) He's supposed to be like an impartial guy, but not Ugg. Maybe Ugg's just a douche. I mean. Do I have to edit out douche? Because this has been a clean episode so far. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to worry about it. They (laughs) say it on afternoon television, so I can say it on the podcast. Maybe. I don't know. Dang right. I'll edit this part out. So can they trust Donkey Lips? Of course. <laughs> they can cross my heart, hope to die, and stick a pizza in my mouth. That's how the saying goes, right? <laughs> it's, it's great, and I'm going to say that from now on. I <laughs> wish I had been saying that for the last no, 20 years. Seriously. <laughs> I love how all the kids are just like, Ugh, Donkey Lips, you're gross. <laughs> you're so gross. Uh, Michael doles out the assignments, and Ugg has his own plan. He's like, uh, don't worry about me, guys. I'm going to dress up like the dude, and I'm going to scare his pants off. <laughs> Uh, and Donkey Lips gets a pumpkin mask. He's supposed to run at Budnick when uh, Michael gets, gives him a cue to do so. So what do you? What else would you do other than put on the mask immediately? And never take it off. And never take it off. <laughs> Not even like peak. Not even one little peak. Nope. Just walk around confused, smacking into stuff for the next 24 hours. <sighs> Just such a weird thing. Uh, so we're back in the woods and uh, Bobby with Bobby, and he's spreading the potato chips as an early warning system, shaking up the pop cans. Because you know that lasts forever. You can't just you can't just let a pop can sit out and be normal. No, nope. you know, that is permanent. That, that's permanent. That is permanent in the nineties. That's something that cha- they changed in the early two thousand. Yeah, there was legislation in Congress to make sure our pop <laughs> yep. cans were less dangerous going into the new millennium. <laughs> Definitely, it was a really big thing. It I was mean, huge. Look so it up. The, you, yeah, if you don't remember, I don't know where you were. Yeah, it was called the the decarbonation of America plan. <laughs> That's what it was called. (laughs) He's also setting up a snare trap. Uh, Night has fallen and Bobby's just chilling in his chair, reading a magazine, a wrestling mag by moonlight. (laughs) And then it's reestablished that he hates he hates spiders because there's a spider in between the pages. Yeah. I hate spiders. (laughs) Uh, Here comes a blinded donkey lips, though. He's running into trees. Man, it's dark in here. (laughs) Take off the damn mask. (laughs) Please, donkey lips, for the love of God. Uh, And then we're with the rest of the gang. 
gang with the pantyhose on their head, which is just weird. I mean, whatever, go for it. They're <laughs> they're crunching on the chips. They're alerting Bobby at this point, and uh, they think they're going to get the jump on Bobby and charge at what they think is Bobby at this point. I'll right. say Bobby again in that sentence. Uh, but it's a fake Bobby, and he's got a melon for a head. I always knew he had a melon head. It just This just proves it. Thanks, <laughs> Telly. You're hilarious. <laughs> uh, Bobby's probably out in the woods laughing at them. Uh, nope, he's in the garbage can and gets Telly with what would be a legitimate scare, right? Of that, that was a good scare. Yeah. That was a really good scare. Um, after getting the girls to run off screaming, uh, Bobby thinks he's got this bet locked up. I'm the master of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, settle down, buddy. You just scared some 13-year-olds. <laughs> Uh, Bobby then hears Sponge and Michael uh, And they get taken out by the pop cans Because they got taken out by the pop cans Their plan completely foiled by some liquid All right, right. (laughs) Let's do it And so now the winner is And the big champion uh, Nothing can scare him is Bobby Budnick He's the winner and champion for sure Uh, Bobby calls out the losers Tells them to get on over here you losers uh, he tells Telly to go get her frilly dress and Michael to carry around Harry the hippo. Uh, everyone's going to see how big of wusses they are. <laughs> yeah, putting on a dress makes her a wuss. Yep, it does. All right. <laughs> what an end to Bobby's Zeke the Plumber story. He's really proud of himself. But wait, there's more. Someone else is in the woods. Dun, dun, dun. Is it donkey lips? <laughs> nope, he just gave him a con- gave himself a concussion by running into probably the 30th tree for the night. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> Zeke. Oh, my God. And he wants Bobby. Bobby's head for his bucket. So apparently he wants heads now for buckets. I guess. That's a new twist. That's he, a new twist. He wants heads for buckets too. Not just plunging your deepest, darkest secrets out no, of your brain. No, no, he no, wants no. your whole head now. <laughs> he needs that whole head. He's escalated. Uh, so let the horror movie chase begin. That's what they're doing. That's yep. all it is. Uh, Bobby eventually runs out of steam there and collapses in front of a tree. Well, planned run out of steam. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he pleads with Zeke to make a deal, but it's a no-go. Zeke can smell his fear. Besides, he doesn't make a deal with cockroaches. <laughs> uh, what if, But what if Bobby tells Zeke everything he's ever done that was bad at camp? Like a carving Ugg as a loser in the sacred tree? But how would Zeke know that? <laughs> he can see into your head, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> then he should have known that Bobby was luring him into a trap, I guess. Obviously. I mean, obviously. <laughs> and just like that, Zeke, I mean, Ugg, is caught up hanging upside down. And it was the smell your fear line that tipped off Bobby. He's yep. such an observant dude. <laughs> such an observant dude. I mean, it's his story. It is his story. Uh, Bobby removes Zeke's mask and it's revealed to him that it's Ugg. Uh, so Bobby better go get a knife to cut down Ugg and he better go do it fast because yeah. now he's kind of in trouble even though they were trying to prank him. Uh, right. That's all right. We'll go with it. Uh, while going to get said knife, Bobby runs into a large spider web. Remember, he hates spiders. <laughs> so he totally freaks out and he's screaming for help. Uh, maybe one of his friends. One problem. Bobby doesn't have any friends. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so he just screams into the void, uh, wanting to make a deal for his safety with anybody, anyone. Uh, that includes leveraging all his belongings, everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, the rest of the kids hear him, and they let him dangle for a bit longer until he offers his portable TV, at least, right? You're right. Uh, Bobby continues to try to make the deal better for whomever will help him, including being their slave, which is weird to throw around the whole slave stuff all the time. It's just a little weird. Weird. Um, that's enough for the kids to go get Bobby and cash in on the offer. Uh, we heard you yelling. We especially like the part where you said you'd be our slave forever. <laughs> Even though, you know, you're a huge... Even though we know you're a huge jerk, we still came to your rescue. Why? 
good question. <laughs> Is it because you're my friends? And then in unison, no. no. <laughs> Any way you look at it, Bobby's going to have to tell the whole camp he's a wuss. And he has to do everyone's bidding from now on for the rest of the summer, rest of camp. Yep. Sure. Uh, starting immediately, they all hand Bobby their stuff and leave. So the next morning, everybody forgot about Ugg. <laughs> yep. And tragically, he died from being hung upside down for hours and <laughs> exactly. hours and hours. <laughs> exactly. Nope, he's awake and he's <sighs> fine. It's okay. He did have to stare at Ugly as a loser carved into the tree all night. So yep. there's a, a little bit of a punishment. Then. But he finally hears somebody coming. It's Donkey Lips. It's not exactly <laughs> the person that Ugg wanted to see. No. No. I mean, he could just say, Donkey Lips, take off the mask, you idiot. You idiot. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> uh, so that was a great episode. Just an iconic piece of my Halloween youth. For sure. So it's just a very fun episode for me. And I'll watch it over and over and over. And I tried to get my daughter so hard to watch these episodes, but she's just not digging the cartoons. Oh, man. Oh, man. Not digging these cartoons. She wants to watch Super Kitties and all types of stuff. <laughs> Super Kitties. And Bluey. And Bluey. Bluey, I, I'll give Bluey some props. I'll give Bluey a little bit of props. It's a pretty good show. It's a pretty good. <laughs> it's show. a pretty good show. So, what do you think of this episode, Trav? Great episode. Yeah, I actually, I don't think it holds as old of a nostalgia part for me because I don't remember it much, honestly. The really? Other, the other two I remember in the first ten seconds, and this one I'm like, I think I've seen it. But I don't know. It seems like a pretty elaborate episode for me to not remember Interesting. much of it. But I really enjoyed it. It just that must. I think that probably just shows the little bit of an age gap that we have. Yeah. Where it was probably just it was on TV when you were younger, but it was not something that you watch or you watched and don't necessarily remember. Where right. I was didn't just a little bit older. As much of it. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. And you know those things come up in our podcast occasionally, where that just those few years of difference they make a difference sometimes. Yeah. Um, overall, these three episodes did they make you? think of halloween oh 100 yeah. yeah did they make you want to relive your halloween as a kid definitely are you going trick-or-treating this year yeah <laughs> that's the correct answer uh no <laughs> but i have eaten my fair share of halloween candy ah good for you are you guys doing candy yeah we'll be passing nice, out candy nice. for sure pro tip in the screen door if you can take out the glass part of your do you have like a split screen door glass thing we don't even have a screen oh, door dang. we can't do it on ours but we used to take the glass out of our old screen door when i was a kid so you could just open up the inside door and oh. hand the candy out through the screen door nice. yeah we can't do it here because we got the fancy one where you pull down the pull down the glass and there's oh, the, sure. the whatever the netting comes down behind it but uh we'll be out trick-or-treating this year we're trying to figure out uh, what we're going to do for family Halloween costume theme. Sure. It's Cam's first Halloween, so he'll be out for about 10 minutes, you know, about <laughs> yeah. as long as a six-month-old can be. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're pretty excited. We kind of had uh, maybe do a Bluey, speaking of Bluey, where yeah. I'd be, I'd be yeah. dad and mom would be mom and... Evie would be Bluey and Cam would be Bingo. Nice. <laughs> Yay. Well, we've talked about that. Evie's not sold on it. She wants to be uh, she wants to be uh, uh, Hel- uh, Helga. A she, Ninja Turtle. She no. wants to be a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> she wants to be, I can't, p- 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 Elsa from Frozen. Man, oh, Elsa. Sure, sure. Again, she's already been Elsa once. <laughs> Again, we're trying to get her to do something new and fun. But, you know, kids, they like yeah. repetitive stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I really liked all three of these episodes. And uh, they, they were really, really fun for me to watch. And Definitely. I'm glad I got to watch them. It's a fun little tradition we've created. Halloween Nicktoons over yes, here. So yes. So we'll to pick, like. 
Doug and some yeah. other shows next year. I believe Doug's first episode is a Halloween episode. Oh, perfect. I believe it is because they go to that parade and they're dressed up in costumes. Maybe they're dressed up in costumes for the parade and it's not Halloween. Yeah. I haven't watched Doug in forever. Yeah. Doug, we could do Our Real Monsters. Yeah. And there is some sort of Halloween crossover Our Real Monsters with Rugrats episode. Wow. So we'll have to look into yeah, that. Yeah. We'll have to take care of that one. That sounds like that'd be really fun. That'd be really, really fun. Um, so with those episodes out of the way, do you want to talk about the homework assignment? Let's hear it. So this homework assignment is a big one, folks. So get your game pads and your VCRs ready. <laughs> uh, we're going to do uh, 007 GoldenEye movie and N64 video game. Dun, dun, dun. Exciting. And this was a uh, listener suggestion. Uh, thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. Unofficial third writer of the podcast. <laughs> yep. uh, so GoldenEye, the movie, was directed by Martin Campbell, screenplay by Jeff Kane and Bruce Firestein, story by Michael France, based on James Bond by Ian Fleming, produced by Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli. Broccoli. What a name. Barbara Broccoli. Barbara <laughs> Broccoli. Starring Pierce Brosnan as James Bond, or 007, as you may know him as. <laughs> uh, did you know Liam Neeson turned down this role? I did not, but that's pretty sick. It is like, pretty sick. 1995, Liam Neeson. Like, please, dude, please. That would have been awesome. It, it would have been. Uh, it's kind of funny though. His reasoning was he didn't want to be an action star. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> that makes no sense. That's all the second half of his career has been is yeah. action movies. He's got a particular set of skills, and he's going to use them on bad guys. Man, that is crazy. <laughs> Liam Neeson's is my shit. That's for sure. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Uh, it's also starring Sean Bean, or as I like to call him, Scene Bean. Scene Bean. As Alec Trevelyan. Uh, so Alec Trevelyan, uh, the titular character Alec Trevelyan, our main villain. Uh, Trevelyan is the last name of a very famous uh, movie critic in uh, Great Britain. Hmm. And he is very famous for A, his reviews, and B, hating James Bond. <laughs> so the writers used his name in this movie as the kind of like a, hey, we're using your name. Yeah. You hate us. You hate this? Well, you're the villain. <laughs> um, we got Isabella Scorapuco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Let me try again. Isabella Skorupko. Skorupko. Yep, as Natalia Simonova. Uh, we got Famke Janssen as Xenia on a top. That <laughs> name, that name. Uh, we got Joe Don Baker as Jack Wade. Robbie Coltrane as Valentin Zorkowski. Uh, Techke Kero as Dmitry Mishkin. Uh, Gottfried John as General Akady Grigorovich Umarov. Alan Cummings as Boris Gorishtiko. Uh, Michael Kitchen, that's just quite the name, Michael Kitchen, Kitchen. as Bill Tanner, <laughs> Serena <laughs> Gordon as Caroline, and Desmond Llewellyn as Q, uh, Samantha Bond as Miss Moneypenny, so her name is Samantha Bond, and she was in a Bond movie, that's kind of cool, All right. uh, Dame Judy Dench as M, and Minnie Driver, uh, Minnie Driver as Irina, and that was Zerkowski's mis- mistress, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> cinematography, <laughs> <laughs> Phil Mejia. Mejia. Uh, Mejia. Edited by Terry Rawlings. Music by Eric Sierra. Eric Sarah? Sierra? Eric Sierra. I'm going to go Sierra. Uh, production companies was Eon Productions and United Artists, distributed by MGM United Dis- United Artists Distribution and United International Pictures. Uh, release date was 13th of November 1995, and that was the Radio City Music Hall premiere. Uh, November 17th, 1995 was Nationwide, and November 24th, 1995 was the United Kingdom.
Kingdom, the UK release. It had a budget of $60 million, box office of $356.4 million, and that is $732.9, we'll call it $733 million in 2023. Holy cow. That's almost a billion dollar movie. Yeah, that's way more than I was expecting. Honestly. It was kind of like the re-emergence of James Bond, though. Right, because this is the first one, right, of the Pierce Brosnan yes. ones. Yeah. And there hadn't been a Bond movie in the 90s, I don't think. I think this was the first one. I I could be wrong. I'm no Bond expert. Yeah. But uh, this one, as of 2023, is on Prime. So if you subscribe to Prime, you already have this movie. Boom. So GoldenEye for Nintendo 64 was developed by Rare, published by Nintendo, directed by Martin Hollis, produced by Martin Hollis, designed by Duncan Botwood, programmed by Mark Edmonds and Steve Ellis, major programmers. I'm sure there were many, many more programmers. The artists on the game were Carl Hinton, Adriana Smith, and B. Jones. Composers were Grame Norgate. Uh, Grant Kirkhope and Robin Beanland. What a name. Beanland. My <laughs> name's Robin Beanland. <laughs> it was perform. Uh, the platform was Nintendo 64, and it was released in Japan on August 23rd, 1997. Released in North America on August 25th, 1997, and in the UK on November 7th, 1997. Um, and of course, single player and multiplayer. And if you don't have this in your collection, go buy it on eBay. Yep. That's what I did. It's going to be a... here. In... Hey. <laughs> Quiet time. I'm upside Hey, I'm serious. If you're going to be in here, you got to be quiet. Can we have a snack? Did you just hear what I said? You have to wait two seconds. So it's either in your collection or you need to go buy it off eBay. Boom. Boom. (laughs) Two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. I'm going to leave some of this in for the for for the for the real listeners, too. So, Patreon, you're getting a good one. I'm telling you. But I'm going to leave a little bit of that in because this is what we have to deal with as real adults that do a show for fun. <laughs> Trav, hit me with that outro. Let's do it. So let's get to the emails. So our first email is from Joyless Stick wants to know, did we ever rock an off-brand controller growing up? Sure. And, and also, what was our favorite controller as a kid? Mad Cats every day. Mad Cats. <laughs> I had more than my fair share of Mad Cats uh, gamepads. Um, I know, okay, so Hori is an aftermarket gamepad, but they're high-quality gamepads. Mm-hmm. I had one of those, like the, the Hori gamepad for the Wii. Oh, I sure. wanted to buy a cool gamepad for it. It was shaped like an N64, not an N64 controller, like an Xbox controller. Oh, sure. So I specifically bought that Hori Wii gamepad because it was shaped like an Xbox 360 controller. Nice, so nice. that one was a really cool one. But yeah, I had plenty of Mad Cats uh, controllers, joysticks, uh, memory cards, you name it. Oh, Mad yeah, Cats, definitely. Mad Cats, Mad Cats. Every time I went to my cousins to play, it's like, who's stuck with the off-brand <laughs> controllers? Or you got like the... The sticks have completely worn off yep. on the actual good ones. But yeah, I put down that I had the 
the Nyko Airflow controller. Do you mm-hmm. remember those for PS2? And uh, with a man with sweaty hands, that was a super awesome invention back in the day. Do like, they still make controllers like that? I don't know. I've never seen them as a, since like PS2 days. Make your million. <laughs> make your million. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't use them for every game, no. obviously, but your casual games, I, I enjoyed using that. That's awesome. And yeah, I put PS2 was my favorite controller growing up, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, PS2 is a hard one to beat. It's yeah. like the perfect size. Uh, the the PS4 controller is super similar. It's a little bit bigger than the PS2 controller, right? Yep, yep. And then the PS5 controller is just like kind of a re... People might hate me for this. It's kind of like a re, re-situated Xbox controller. It is, yeah. You know, which I enjoy the feel of an Xbox controller, but I've finally gotten used to the lower thumbsticks again. Yeah, so yeah. Going from years and years of the thumbsticks below to having the split thumbsticks. Remember having being like so angry not being able to figure out split thumbsticks and then having to relearn it all over again back yeah. the other direction that's funny much, because but. you brought up rob earlier and rob and jesse and i were in a discussion on what controller is better and rob prefers the same level joysticks yeah. of playstation just like us but jesse prefers the it's, xbox controller so you know it just goes with what you play with the most you know yep, definitely uh next email is to be a kid again wants to know at what age did we stop trick-or-treating Oh, 12, I think, was my last year. I think sure. sixth grade was my last year I went. And then it was just, I didn't have much of an interest in it anymore. I felt right. like I was too old to go do that. too old, man. Yeah, yeah. I dressed yeah, as the It's grand. funny, like, now I'm like, why did I stop early? But yeah, I think I was like 11. Yeah. And I was excited to hand out candy already by that yeah. point, I feel like. So. Yeah. Um, but I did say that I was like 14. I took my little cousin. Oh. And that got me some extra candy. So I, got, I was away from the game for a little bit. And then I had the cute little kid to oh, get all nice, the free candy for nice, myself. So nice. That was awesome. Uh, what was the last costume you went as when you trick or treated as a kid? I'm pretty sure it was Triple H from nice. Generation X. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which was just like a horrible makeshift costume. Yeah. I had like the camo army pants on with the Generation X t shirt. Yeah. And then this fake blonde wig through a hat so I kind of looked like Triple yeah. H. No no adult in their trailer had any idea who I was, but <laughs> but I knew who I was. How about you? Uh, so my last uh, one that I went as trick-or-treating was uh, uh, the Grim Reaper. Nice. And I remember being really proud of the costume because <laughs> I like made the scythe that he had out of like hockey stick parts and nice. stuff. And it was pretty cool. Spray painted it, taped it all up to make it look all cool and stuff like that. Had one of those masks that you pulled on, sort of like the scream mask right. without, the green, without the scream part on it, without the plastic part on yeah. it. Went around scaring people. Like laid, uh, once we got back, I like laid on the bench by my parents front door while trick-or-treaters were still coming in there and people thought i was uh like a like a dummy or some yeah. straw thing and i would jump up and scare them and like it was pretty funny it, was, pre- it was pretty funny it was pretty fun so that was like my last big halloween have you gone to any halloween parties as adult 20s 30s whatever and dressed up for those no no I mean, never we went downtown when you yeah. dressed up as i was a priest and lauren was a nun fun, but so fun. that was kind of funny because i'm not a big drinker so i was all the drunk people coming up to me like 
asking for repentance and all, whatever. <laughs> like that was kind of fun, but yeah, That's I've fun. never went to a Halloween themed party. Uh, my sister used to throw a Halloween party pretty often before we all had kids. Well, even up until when I had kids, but she didn't have kids yet. Um, and so one year I went as a lumberjack because it's super easy to pull a flannel out and get some suspenders. <laughs> you know, so it's super easy. And then the last year that we had the party before all the kids came into the picture, I was Abraham Lincoln. So <laughs> nice. I got a top hat and then one of those t-shirts that women wear that have like a sexy body bikini yeah. lady on it and then wore a name tag that said the 26th president right so it's <laughs> yeah. abraham lincoln nice pretty funny i That's thought awesome. it was funny so that was the last time i really dressed up for halloween but dressing up this year yeah i mean last year handing out candy we did waldo and wanda oh or nice whatever, nice so that was fun uh next co- email here is from Lacko jantern wants to know if we were pumpkin carvers as kids yeah, um, I did that with my family every year. Um, it's a tradition that I've uh, brought on to my kids, and we're going to do it this weekend. So nice. I'm really excited for it. It's always fun. I did it like two or three times, but it wasn't something that I made my dad do every year because I made him do all the, all the dirty work <laughs> of digging the guts out. And I remember after a couple of years, he was like, if he's not into this enough, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, not doing it. it anymore. So um, it's fun to do. Uh, pro tip to all you out there, all of you out there, and even to you, Trav, don't cut the top off the pumpkin around the stem. Cut a square out of the back, and then you can pull oh, all okay. the guts out of there, and then the whole top stays in, intact. And it's way easier to put lights and stuff in the back. Sure, sure. You just put some uh, cute or Q-tips, toothpicks in the square that you cut out, and you can jam it back into the pumpkin and seal oh, it nice. back up. Pro tip out there, if you didn't man, know it out there, it is. Uh, way more professional than I was expecting. <laughs> Kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then here is my question for Drew. What has been your favorite Halloween Nicktoon that we've covered so far? We've done like six or seven-ish episodes now of different Halloween Nicktoons. So the first Halloween Nicktoon we did was uh, Angry Beavers. Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy. And Rocco. Rocco, yep. I think I'm going to go with the Rocco episode because I'm just such a big Rocco fan. But that Rugrats episode, man, it really hit me good with nostalgia. Definitely. I think Nostalgia Factor, Candy Bart Creep Show yep, that yep. we just did today. But my favorite is for sure the Angry Beavers episode. Yeah, that yeah. one is just a good, good episode. It, it really is. And I want to do more Angry Beavers because that show is legitimately funny yeah. every day of your life. And then life. that's kind of like a special upper echelon because we redid that we for did. the Triple Falls we thing. Did. And that was a lot of fun. So. Maybe we could uh, reissue that episode. That right. might be fun. We yeah. could just do three Halloween episodes in a row. Yeah. That'd be fun to do. That would be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up another fun Halloween-themed episode. So make sure you are following us on Instagram at Overdue Homework Podcast and also on Facebook. And make sure you email us at Overdue Homework Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, don't forget to tune in to the next exciting episode of the Overdue Homework Podcast. <laughs>